0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and this is our third episode of the Primal Potential Book Club series. I announced at the start of the year that I wanted to begin sharing with you some of the most powerful lessons that I learned throughout the year from books that I have read. The first book club episode was 137, where I talked about the primary lessons I learned from Dr. David Ludwig's book, Always Hungry. And then the second book club episode was 155, which was titled The End of Self-Sabotage and was about the book The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, which though not about health or weight loss, was really about the ways that we sabotage ourselves when we set a goal and how to stop. And today is going to be the third. And it is about the book, The Power of Concentration by Theron Dumont. And I have no idea how to pronounce his first name, but it's T-H-E-R-O-N. And here's my criteria when I want to share a book, right? I read a lot, but the book has to make me think or feel... OMG, I need to share this like yesterday. Everybody needs to know about this. And I'll be honest, though I read a few books every week, at a minimum I'm always reading, very few make me think, oh, I need to share this right now. Like everybody really needs to know about this. So when I find those books, I will share them. And I'll be honest, most of the books that I read about food and nutrition don't make me feel that way. It's kind of like, yeah, all right, I get it already, and no, that's too extreme, or who cares, right? Not a big rock, you're looking at the nuances. So when I find a book that makes me think, I got to tell people, well, then I got to tell people. The Power of Concentration is obviously not a book about fat loss or nutrition, but like The War of Art, it also totally is about those things. So what I want to do in today's episode is share the lessons that made me Want to talk to you guys immediately. It made me underline, that made me write in the margins, that had me leaving notes for myself, for my own improvement, for my own journey as I try to really be the healthiest, best, most productive, and happy person I can be. And I hope that these lessons speak as strongly to you as they did to me. And I hope that you will also challenge yourself, not just to like smile and nod along with what I say, but really apply these lessons to your life because obviously. That's the difference maker. You know, we can all listen to podcasts or read books and have them be interesting, but what is it worth if we don't improve our lives with the information? And then at the end of this episode, I'll talk about some practical mental exercises you can do on a daily basis to increase the power of concentration you have and use it to help you reach your personal goals. So i created a, a list of the lessons that really stood out to me in this book, and I'll go through them one at a time. I'll highlight them as well for your reference over on the show notes page, and I'll also link to the book on Amazon. Um, I get like a penny if you buy the book. It might even be less than that, because I think the book is only like $4 or something like that, but you can also just buy it from a bookstore. So the first lesson is about... The power of focus and concentrated focus. And the way he talks about it in the book, he says, The rays of the sun, when they are concentrated, produce far more heat than the same rays from the same source when they are scattered or not focused, right? So, you know, if you have a magnifying glass and you let the sun's light travel through it to focus the light on, say, a leaf, the leaf will ignite and burn. And if you don't concentrate the same rays from the same source, it doesn't have nearly the heat or the power, right? I remember doing this as a kid in in the summertime. But this is a powerful truth when we use it in our favor related to our health goals, right? And, And in the book, he writes how this is the same thing is true of attention, right? When we scatter our attention, we get ordinary results. When we focus our attention, we will get far better results. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I talk regularly about having a singular focus, about making only one change at a time. Because when we try to do a bunch of things, work out more, eat less, drink less soda, sleep more, stress less, we set ourselves up for failure We set ourselves up for feeling overwhelmed, for giving up, and for making slower progress because we have a finite amount of attention and we fragment it. So when I'm working with my one-on-one clients or when I'm coaching within my fat loss fast track groups, I'm always encouraging people to establish one singular focus. And when people say, I'm going to do this and this and this, I'm very quick to remind them that that has a tendency to slow our results. And as I was reading this book about the power of concentration, I thought of what to me is a really great and visual example about this sun's rays thing. How the rays from the sun are the same, the source is the same. When we focus them, they have far more heat, far more power than when they are scattered. I don't know how many of you have ever been to a fair or a carnival, but there's this game, right? And there are these targets, and you playing the game have a gun. And when you squeeze the trigger on the gun, it shoots water. The goal is to aim a stream of water at the center of the target. And when you do, this little balloon or a star or whatever above the target rises propelled by the focus stream of the water, right? And when the, when the little thing above the target gets all the way to the top, a little bell dings and you win a prize, right? So the more you concentrate the stream of water on the target, the faster the item above the the target rises the faster you win, the faster your progress is. But let's imagine that you're playing this game. You're standing there on the outside of the little carnival booth. You've got your gun. You've got the target in front of you, but you decide you want to hit three targets. Well, there's still only one of you. You still only have one gun, and there's only one source of water. So what that means is, if you decide, well, I'm going to spray the water in three directions, well, then the force of the water is diminished significantly, or you have to decide you're going to do one target at a time, meaning either way, you're not going to have that same force on the target the item above the target is going to rise more slowly, you'll still be trying just as hard, you'll be applying just as much energy, but your progress is slowed significantly, right? And if you're trying to hit three targets at once, well, how much attention can you give to make sure that that stream of water is going exactly where you wanna go? Chances are, you're only gonna be able to focus on one target at a time, so while you're trying to hit the target with the water on the other two, Well, you're kind of missing the middle because you're not looking at it, right? So when we have less focus, we make less progress. This is what happens when we set multiple goals. Just think of yourself as playing this carnival game. There's one of you. There's one gun. There's one source of water. How many targets are you trying to hit? If you split the direction of the water, there's less pressure. The balloon rises more slowly above all the targets, Right. When you focus your thought, your thought, what the things you think about and bring your attention to, you increase its strength. And a lot of us get this wrong. So it's not just with what we're trying to achieve, it's with our own attention and thoughts. We can, like the sun's rays, when we concentrate our thought, we increase the power and the strength, we amplify the power of that thought. But many of us get this wrong when it comes to our health goals or our weight loss goals. Our thoughts are not focused. Not only are our goals not focused, right, eat less, exercise more, more whole foods, fewer processed foods, more sleep, but our thoughts are also very unfocused and scattered. How many times do we bounce back and forth between, I can do this, I can't do this, I want this, I don't care, no excuses, it's too hard. None of those thoughts have the power that they could because they're so fragmented, In the book, The Power of Concentration, he gives this example of a steam locomotive, right, a train that is powered by steam it produces, right? This massive machine is powered by steam, and he says, if all of the valves are are open on this locomotive, then the train can't gain speed. It can't gain speed because it's wasting its energy. That energy is needed to drive the engine, and the valves have to be closed so that the power can be concentrated, so that the train can go. And I think we all really need to evaluate. I think it would be so great to sit down with your thoughts and say, from where am I losing steam? From where am I letting my focus, my attention, my energy escape? Where are you losing your energy? In what unnecessary direction or directions are you sending your attention, your steam, your focus? Personally, for me, from my perspective, what I see, most people are allowing their energy to escape via things like complaining, excuse making, arguing for their limitations, making a case for all the reasons that they can't. But that's not all. I also see a lot of energy escaping when we watch television, when we consume information that is not necessary for what we're trying to do. We lose steam. We lose our power when we compare ourselves to other people or when we spend more time planning than doing. These are all examples of places where we have our own valves open, where the power we need for progress is escaping and we're not even paying attention when we close these valves. When we look for areas where we're allowing our energy and our focus and our attention to escape and we close it, we concentrate our power, which accelerates our progress. The second lesson that I want to share here is via a story he tells, a freaking awesome story. I hope I never forget this story, and I hope you don't either. So he tells this story about a man who was the president of a very large bank. But he didn't start as the president of the bank. He started as a messenger boy, like a little errand boy delivering mail inside the bank. And he was young when that happened. And his father made him a button when he started at this bank as the messenger boy. Uh, messenger boy. He, he gave him a button. And on the button was the letter P. And he pinned the button to his son's jacket. And he said, wear this every single day. One day, son, you will be the president of this bank. And I want you to wear this button every day to remind yourself that when you get to work, do one thing that will move you closer to that goal. And then each day when the boy would come home from work as they sat down for dinner, the father would say, so son, tell me what you did today to move you towards your goal to have yourself be the president of this bank. And the boy, he never, as he, as he spent all of his years at the bank, he never told anybody what the P on the button meant, despite the fact that they asked him all the time, until he became the president of the bank. And there's so much we can learn in this simple story, right? What do you want to create? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want for your life? What is your vision? Do something every single day that moves you in that direction, but then also... Ask yourself at the end of each day, what did I do to move in that direction? Don't just have an ambition in your mind. Have the ambition in your mind and have it in front of you every day. I share with my Fat Loss Fast Track members that they need to have their goals and their affirmations front and center every single day, just like this button this boy wore. They have to read them, say them, visualize them, think about them. So number one is know what you want. Know what you want to achieve, be, do, or have. Number two, keep it front and center. Don't just have this vision, 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 and even if you wear it, button, who cares? Wear that button. Rock, rock the button. Do what you have to do. Three is do something every day that moves you in that direction. And then four, reflect every day on what you did. Growing up, my dad used to say to us in the mornings before school, Do something to make somebody smile today. But that was like the beginning of the initiative, right? When we would come home, often when we were sitting down to dinner, he would say, I've shared with you guys before, my family calls me Betsy. So Betsy, what did you do today to make somebody smile? And I get a little emotional talking about that because he died in a car accident. But I will never forget the objective of making somebody smile and the lesson of following up. Because the goal isn't the task. The goal is only the beginning. Know what you want to do and then reflect on it each day. As it relates to your health goals, keep a journal and write down what you did each day to move towards your goal and learn from it. The third lesson I want to share from this book, uh, The Power of Concentration, I've talked about it before, but it's certainly worth talking about again, and that is never make a decision in a negative state of mind. I'm going to say it one more time because I think this is a huge one that gets a lot of people thrown off. Most of the tough decisions they make that they don't feel good about afterwards, they made in a negative state of mind. Never make decisions in a negative state of mind. Think about it. When you choose to binge or when you choose to overeat, when you choose to order pizza instead of going home to prepare the meal that you had you had expected to have that's aligned with your goals, or when you make a decision you know, that you the next day think, oh, why did I do that? We normally make those decisions when we're stressed or frustrated or disappointed or sad. There's no doubt that we make better decisions when we make them from a positive state of mind. So one of the strategies I've shared before here is delaying making a choice, even just for 30 seconds, right? If you start to think, whatever, I don't care. I'll be better tomorrow. I really don't care right now. I just want ice cream. Give yourself a quick little time out, right? You can have the ice cream, but first, put yourself in a positive state of mind. And that requires different things for different people, but maybe you're just going to like dance in your living room to your favorite song, or you're going to have a tickle fight with your kids, or you're going to get in a good quick workout, or take a relaxing shower and a few deep breaths. But check your mood as you evaluate your decisions. When you start to debate that choice, that there is a chance you're not going to feel so good about afterwards, take just 30 seconds to do something to improve your mood, and if you can't or you're in a place where you don't want to improve your mood, can you delay the decision? And the answer is yes, of course you can. Will you just practice that? And really know for yourself, this is where self-awareness is so important, what are those things that improve your mood, right? I can list off five songs that immediately put me in a better mood, right? Taking a shower usually immediately puts me in a better mood, or doing five minutes of slow deep breathing. A workout almost always puts me in a better mood. But what is it for you? What it is for me doesn't matter. Is it a song? Is it a quote, a picture, a mantra, a friend, a workout? Do that thing. Practice the discipline of not making decisions when you are in a negative state of mind. And this reminds me of a very cliche quote, but it's really true. Don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. Change your emotion. Put yourself in a positive state of mind before you make that choice. The next one I want to share is very much related, and that is make quicker decisions. How often do we just belabor a decision? We debate. We've decided we want to get healthy, but we spend the entire drive home debating whether or not we should say, screw it and binge for the night. Or we make the decision to work out consistently, but spend 30 minutes having an internal dialogue about whether we will or we won't today. Make quicker decisions. Decision-making in and of itself exhausts our self-control portions of our brain, right? So the longer we debate, the more exhausted we become, the more we exhaust that region of the brain, and the harder the next decision becomes. Do it or don't do it, but stop debating. Stop draining your mental faculties with decisions that can be made more quickly. Practice making decisions more quickly. It's yes or it's no. I'm doing it or I'm I'm not. It's in my best interest or it's not. End of discussion. The fifth lesson I want to share from this book is that you will benefit more from doing one hard thing than you will from doing 12 easy things. Don't look for how little you can do, but for how much you can do. You know, I I hear people say all the time that like they love to create a to-do list and they'll put create a to-do list on their to-do list because they love crossing things off. Or they'll put take a shower on their to-do list, which they always do anyway, because they feel accomplished when they cross something off. Right? Well, if your purpose in making a list is to make yourself feel good, then bravo, you did it. But if the purpose of your list is to be more productive, then you've kind of started out on the wrong foot because that's not very productive. My point here is not so much about to-do lists, but rather that most of us just try to do the easy stuff, right? Because it gives us this false, often false, sense of accomplishment. You know, we'll put a little less cream in our coffee, or we'll have a glass of water, and we do this in many cases to avoid doing the hard stuff. We give ourselves a little pat on the back because we did something easy, and that's fine, but I just want to make the point, because it's a powerful one made in this book, that we will get more out of the act of doing the hard things than the cumulative effect of a bunch of small things, right? Maybe we're so resistant to kick our chocolate habit or our alcohol habit that we do all these little things that don't have near the impact it would have if we tackled that hard thing. It's not that the small things aren't good. They are. But we need to understand that they're not that helpful when we're doing them just so that we can avoid doing that big thing or that hard thing that's really going to make the difference, right? We can get more from it. We can make progress more quickly when we do one hard thing than when we do 12 small things. So how do we practice this? How do we put the power of concentration to work? Well, certainly, practicing implementing some of the lessons I just shared would be a huge thing, but one of the strategies he talks about in this book, and again, I'll link to this over in the show notes at primalpotential.com, select one thought, sit in a quiet place, and see for how long you can hold your attention on that one thought, right? So maybe that one thought is For example, I am going to eat clean all day today. Sit down and think about that thought. Focus all your attention not on what time you need to leave to go to work or what the kids have going on tomorrow or that email you need to return. Sit down in a quiet place and see how long you can bring your attention to that one thing. That one thing could be the date night you had last night with your spouse. It doesn't matter what that one thing is so long as it's positive because it's not really a very effective exercise if you fix your attention on something negative. But the point is, see how long you can go. If it's 20 seconds before your attention wanders, that's cool. The next time you do it, Maybe the next day, maybe later in the day, shoot for 35 seconds, right? It's not about I'm good or I'm bad because my attention wandered after seven seconds or seven minutes. That's really not the point. This is an exercise in harnessing your power of concentration. So what you want to do is you want to sit down in a comfortable place and focus your attention on one thing and see how long you can hold your attention on that one thing, and continue to challenge yourself to extend the amount of time that you can fix your attention on one thought, right? Another thing you can do is actively... Visualize what you want. I personally do this every day in the shower. I visualize my day before it begins. And I think what I'm going to do next, typically for me, based on when I shower, I've worked for a few hours in the morning and I jump in the shower before my workout. I hate working out without a shower. I just can't. Ugh. Feels gross. Um, But while I'm in the shower, the first thing I think about is when I get out of the shower, I'm gonna get ready and this is what I'm gonna put on and I'm gonna be in a great mood going through my workout and I know what my workout's gonna be. So I visualize those movements and I visualize feeling amazing all the way through. I visualize driving home, listening to a book, learning so much from that book, being excited when I get back to my house and diving back into my work. I visualize the next thing I'm gonna do, I visualize the lunch that I'm gonna sit down and enjoy. And I go through this, and it only takes a couple of minutes, but this is a way of harnessing the power of your concentration. Now, naturally, if I'm in the shower and I hear something, my attention, my concentration gets pulled away, I redirect it back. Or I start to think about a frustrating email that I got, or a situation I have to deal with later, or a question that I have that I need to find an answer to, but I just bring it back to that visualization. And I train myself, you know, I don't visualize everything. But I visualize until I wake up the next morning. So what I mean is when I'm in the shower, my visualization exercise goes through the rest of that day until I visualize myself waking up the following morning. So I take myself through basically a whole day in my head. Visualize whatever you want. Maybe you visualize a challenging meeting that you have coming up at work and you visualize it going exactly how you want it to, or you visualize a workout, or you visualize the achievement of your goal. Whatever your goal is that you have, the active visualization is a way that we can exercise the power of concentration. Because and this is this is a topic for a whole nother day, but We are continuously acting in alignment with the images we hold in our head. This is true. If we believe that we have no self-control and we always are thinking about the times when we haven't exercised self-control, our behaviors are in alignment with the images we hold in our head, which is what makes visualization so powerful. This is why so many athletes visualize making the shot, sinking the putt, whatever it is, because we behave in a way that is aligned with the images we hold in our heads. So create those images to reinforce the choices you want to make throughout the day or throughout the week. Another exercise he talks about for concentration is sit in a chair and start a timer and see how long you can go while being totally still, not scratching your nose, not crossing your legs, not moving your hands around, just being totally still you do it for two minutes, that's awesome. The next next time you do it, try to go for two minutes and 20 seconds. Just sit in a comfortable position and see how long you can go. This is about being controlled and focused. I wrote a post recently about box breathing, uh, which is basically a four-second inhale, or really a four-count, whether you want it to be a second or a half a second. Inhale for a four-count, hold the breath for a four-count, exhale for a four-count, hold the breath for a four-count, and start over. But this is also a way to practice the power of concentration with breathing breathing exercises, right? So there's so many different things that you can do here. One of the ones that I've been doing recently, I was talking to a friend about this, is managing my response to situations that stress me out. This is an act of concentration because if I'm on hold, that's one of the things that like stresses me out. It's one it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I sp- find myself getting really tense, really frustrated, and then I'm irritated for, like, no reason except the fact that I'm on hold, right? And when we leverage our power of concentration, we can change our response to those things. So I'll give you an example. When I am on hold and I start to feel that tension, I think it's a combination of, like, I feel beholden to my phone, the music is super annoying, I'm irritated that they haven't picked up yet, I feel like I'm wasting my time, I check my posture. That's the first thing I do. Typically, I'm hunched over and I check my body language, like my facial expressions. My teeth are almost always clenched and I will make the decision to relax my jaw and smile, right? I'll change my posture. I'll also change what I'm focused on. So typically, I'm thinking like... Why is there not a mute option so you can silence it and still know when somebody comes on comes on the line? Or or how, why does it still say that they're having unexpectedly high call volume when they've said that every single time I've called for the last 24 months, right? That's when my focus is on those things, I'm creating this tension and anxiety. So instead, and this just happened the other day, I was on hold with Delta. Ugh, if you've ever been on hold with Delta. See, instantly I'm like so frustrated. But... I was getting really frustrated and I was irritated that their online experience wasn't easier, that I couldn't do this on the internet. And then I said, you know what? (laughs) I'm booking a flight. Like, that's a good thing. I'm fortunate to be able to travel. And I'm fortunate that some representative is gonna be able to help me solve this problem. This isn't something I have to figure out on my own. They have a number that I can call any time of day and speak to somebody to help me. So first thing I check is my body language and my facial expressions, and I, I relax my shoulders and I unclench my teeth and I smile and then I check my focus. It happened literally the same day. I had to be on hold with Wells Fargo. And sure enough, I was freaking irritated and the music was annoying, and I checked my posture and I was like, you know what? Get up. Walk around the room while you're on hold. Set your phone down. You can hear it. It's speaker. Smile. I was calling out on an investment <laughs> that I had made or tried to make that I, I had trouble with online. I'm like, that's a blessing. I don't need to be irritated about this. And some lovely representative, it's their job to help me solve the problem. I'll, ha- I'll probably have it solved within 30 minutes. So chill. But look at what those situations are for you. Is it traffic? Maybe you can check your body language, your posture, your facial expressions. Use the opportunity to listen to a podcast or a song that makes you smile. Use the opportunity to think about how grateful you are to be able to go where you're going. Or be grateful for the fact that you're safe because you could have been in a wreck at that time. Or maybe somebody else was in a wreck and that's why you're in traffic and how fortunate you are that that wasn't you, that you're safe right now. So know what those situations are for you and practice the power of concentration in those moments, see them as an opportunity to practice your power of concentration to make you in a better state of mind, to make you better at all things, right? This is really powerful stuff when we use it in a way that serves us, and there are so many opportunities for us to do this. So if you're interested in this topic, I really enjoyed the book, The Power of Concentration. It's short, uh, certainly not about weight loss, and yet at the same time, it totally is. I mentioned a couple of days ago that uh, the 19th, which is either the day this airs or a couple days after the days this airs at your request. Because so many people told me they needed help with motivation. I am holding a live online workshop for motivation, consistency, and self-discipline. Because it's about motivation, I'm very, very deliberately not going to convince you to be there. If you're not motivated enough to attend, then it's probably not for you, or maybe it exactly is, but you have to overcome that barrier if you have the desire to increase your own innate level of motivation. You can register by texting... April 19, one word, no space, April 19 to the number 33444, or you can go to the show notes page for today's episode and get it there. It is April 19th, which is a Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, totally free. And I'm putting it on very specifically because I asked you guys what you needed more of in an online survey recently. And like now, it's almost 70% of you said that it's motivation. So I hear you. I got you. I'm delivering. Tuesday, April 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, what I ate yesterday. Yesterday was a weird day. I was uh, traveling for most of the day. I went out for breakfast, had lots of coffee and an omelet with bacon and cheese and caramelized onions. I don't do a lot of cheese these days, but, I mean, if I'm ordering something and it looks good, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, coffee throughout the day. (laughs) I don't think I had any water. Um, And then when I got back to my place in the evening, I had just my cabbage bowl because it's so easy, which is a whole bunch of cabbage raw with eggs and bacon and avocado. And there was a handful of all nuts, all nuts. I don't know what all nuts are, but walnuts, walnuts I had. Not all nuts, not all the nuts, just the walnuts. Um, I didn't eat a whole lot yesterday, but the reason for that is I was in the car most of the day. And when I'm less active... I need less food. So it's as simple as that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I really enjoyed the book and sharing with you some of the stuff I learned from it. So let me know if you've got feedback, if you've got questions, if you've got anything at all that I can help you with. Let me know because this is your show. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.